Hello and God bless you. This is Pastor Jeremy coming to you again. And what a delight to be uh, with each and every one of you. Uh, greetings to all our listeners. Greetings to all of those that are tuning in for the first time, for the second, third time. We know that uh, that uh, God is drawing all of us together for such a time like this. We have been blessed uh, in the last three days. We're now on our fourth podcast. Uh, concerning uh, the things that we have been speaking about that are going on with the coronavirus and all the the chaos that is taking place. And uh, we are excited to come to you again along with our panel. We are are happy to to be with you today. Also today joining us, not just Brother Fernando, Brother Marty, we have a a young man that is joining us, uh, Jeremiah Estrada, who is also a my son, and I'm delighted that he is with us. And would you greet the people, Jeremiah, and just briefly tell us uh, what you sense? Why why are you here? Amen. Well, first of all, I want to say it's uh, such a blessing and an honor to be here um, along with you three men of God, uh, proclaiming the truth of God's word in a time where our nation needs to hear the truth. And uh, I'm excited to get into the word. And uh, to declare what thus says the Lord, uh, not only to those listening, but to my generation. And it's a blessing and an honor to be here. And thank you for having me. Amen. 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 Brother Fernando, I mean, we have had a, a couple of days and we have been seeing what the Lord has been showing us. And uh, um, I know that uh, God is God is speaking, but but the things that we've been talking about, uh, this morning, what are you sensing? Would you greet the people and, and tell us what's in your heart? <clears throat> Amen. Blessings uh, in the name of the Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ. I uh, just want to, again, uh, uh, thank the listeners for taking other time to uh, uh, listen to these podcasts that are of extreme importance, not not because of, of who's saying it, but what is being said is is what's important here. Um, we, we were speaking about that yesterday, um, that uh, we, we were challenging the people to, to go into the scripture and to put to the test the very things that we are putting forth. Uh, we spoke about yesterday how there's two kinds of messages going forth this very hour that are proving God's people, uh, that are uh, testing God's people to see where their faith has been at in the last few years, and if they are completely prepared for what is here, what is transpiring before us. So I, I'm I'm very excited about uh, this podcast, podcast number four, as you said, and also uh, honored and privileged to be amongst uh, men of God that I know are seeking the face of God and 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 praying and and searching out Scripture uh, to 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 bring to the people. Um, what, what they need in this very hour, which is uh, understanding uh, of God's word, uh, so that we can be prepared for what's coming next. So I'm, I'm, I'm honored to be here. I'm glad Jeremiah is here. Um, so I'm looking forward to this podcast. Amen. 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 Brother Marty, God bless you this morning. It's, uh, it's so good to uh, always share the word with you. I know you're, you're preparing in another hour or two, you'll be coming out on Instagram, but, uh, um, and I, I would I would invite you to those of you who are listening and, and would like to hear every Sunday at eleven. Is that correct, man of God? Yes, sir. At eleven. At eleven o'clock uh, Pacific time, you can watch Brother Marty and uh, 
there's so many truths that are coming out. You know, uh, in, in, in looking around, Brother Marty, as Brother Fernando mentioned, uh, the things that are happening, the questions that we're trying to ask, uh, you know, the question of the hour is, is this a God thing? Or is this just something that should just come and, and pass away like nothing and things will be back to normal? What is God saying? I know there's a lot of things uh, uh, that are brewing in your spirit, man of God. And um, those are the questions. Is this a God thing? And as you greet the people, uh, we're excited to get into the word of God. And and um, please uh, greet the people, man of God, and, and tell us what God has placed in your heart. Amen. As always, it's a, it's a pleasure to to be joining together and uh, and and exploring God's word. It, there's never been a more vital time, I think, than than what we have right now. As we've been talking yeah, about in the, in the in the latest podcasts, um, we believe that what we are witnessing uh, is is likened unto the time of 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 the great Passover, uh, when God sent plagues upon Egypt. Now, Egypt's a type of the world, for those of you who know the word. Uh, the, the Bible speaks of Egypt as representative of the whole world in a spiritual sense. And it was in that time right. that when, when the plagues came down that ultimately the, the, uh, the ninth plague was a plague that was darkness that could be felt. In Exodus 10, 21 through 23, he gives an account there of how darkness came upon the entirety of the planet or the known world of that time, which was Egypt. And it was a darkness that forced the people into their houses, that literally they were on lockdown and that darkness filled the land. And, and, and so many people are asking right now, there, as, as the brothers were saying earlier, there's, there's two competing voices. There are those that say this is something that is, is biblical in nature, prophecy being fulfilled. And then there's others who say it's, it's nothing, it, it'll pass, so forth and so on. Well, this is precisely what we were talking about yesterday, is that whenever God moves, there always seems to be a twofold reaction. There are those, That's like right. it was said of, of the servants in Egypt, who feared the word of the Lord. They understood that yes. God was moving, and as a result, they acted accordingly, and they found themselves safe as they navigated their times by the word of God. And then there's those, like Pharaoh and the other servants, who even though such great things were happening of, of a global nature that infected, uh, uh, affected, I'm sorry, the entire kingdom of that time, yet rather than repenting and turning and recognizing that God was dealing uh, with the world and, and with his people, their hearts became hard. Their hearts refused to, to yield to what the Spirit was saying to the Lord, uh, was, was saying to the people by, by the presence of right. the Lord. And so, you know, what we need to ask and reflect upon is what is happening right now uh, from the Lord. And as I was seeking the Lord uh, this morning, uh, the Spirit of God took me to, to, to the prophet Amos. And, and so I think that this is where we'll start. It, for those of you who have your Bibles, I, I suggest you get them because uh, we, we're going to go through Scripture really fast today. But in Amos chapter 3 is where we will begin. And we'll start at verse 6 where it says, Amos is speaking by the Spirit of the Lord, and he says, Shall a trumpet be blown in the city, and the people not be, not be afraid? Shall there be evil in a city, and the Lord hath not done it? So what the prophet wow. was literally saying was that what is taking place 
and and what is actually happening in their day. In their case, what was happening was that God was getting ready to judge his people and was judging his people. We need to look at right. chapter 3, verse, verse 1, uh, to understand this. But before we get there, look at what he says at the middle part of the verse of, of verse 6. He says, Shall there be evil in a city, and the Lord hath not done it? In other words, wow. can, can you not recognize the difference between just everyday life and when true evil is manifesting itself, that the people of God need to take a pause button and reflect on exactly what's happening. He wants them to understand that the judgments that were coming upon them and subsequently the judgments that have begun to break forth on the planet right now and specifically have come to rest on the shores of the United States of America, he wants them to understand this is the Lord's doing. I'm not saying that God has sent the death, but what I am saying is that God is allowing it. He's allowing it yes, for, specific, right. for specific reasons. And and this is what we'll look at this morning. So look at Amos chapter 3, verse 1. Amos is speaking, and he says this. He says, hear the word of the Lord. Uh, hear the word that the Lord has spoken against you, O children of Israel. So notice that in this time when calamity was coming and when judgments were breaking out, he wants them to be jarred. And, and, and today we're going to specifically deal with the backslidden church in the United States, and we're going to take it by the word. Now listen, this word that Amos was speaking, he says, is a word that was specifically designed uh, to affect the children of Israel, and in our case, the church in our nation. He says, this is a word that is being spoken against you and against the whole family, which I brought up out from the land of Egypt. So he's saying this is a word that is specifically designed to get your attention. It's from the Lord, and it's toward you. But most in the church in America have a have a hard time wrapping their head around because they think they're so privileged. They think that they're Im immune to any kind of judgment. They don't even reflect that it is quite possible that God is trying to speak to us. Now remember this, yes. this morning as we speak and record, it's Sunday morning. All the right. churches are closed. <laughs> wow. All the churches are closed because they're they're not allowed to gather. Now, this alone should be a sign to the preacher right. who stand Agreed. on their soapbox and tell the people that there's nothing really going on here. Woe to those kinds of preachers because they're blind guides. They have no inspiration and no light from the Lord, and I, I pity them. Because they're going to have to give an account for why they had nothing to bring encouragement and strength and insight to the people of God who are clamoring for answers right now. They turn to their shepherds and they find them uh, empty and vacated the pasture, so to speak, because they're hirelings. They're wolves. They've used and abused the body of Christ and purported the doctrine that brings no help, no relief, no redemption, and, and no deliverance and no answers. Remember what the Bible says concerning the, the sons of Issachar. It says of the sons of Issachar that they were men who understood the times and they knew what Israel ought to do. Now listen, this word, Amos said, was spoken against the children of Israel. It's a word of correction. It's a word of judgment. And it's spoken against the children of Israel. Many times in the church body as a whole, they always point the fingers at the world. They always say, oh, they're so awful. Yes, judgment's coming because the world is so awful. No, brothers and sisters, when judgment comes to a land that claims to be 
the people of God, it comes against the land because of the failures of the people of God. And that's why Amos says this word is being spoken against you. In verse 2, he goes on and to further uh, show us that he's dealing with his people. He says, you only have I known of all the families of the earth. In other words, God has a relationship with his people. And he's saying, I've known only you. I'm dealing only with you. This is the thing that we're going to have to understand right now. What is happening Mm, in this nation is God dealing with his people. The world is the world. The world belongs to the devil. But the people who go by the name of the Lord Jesus, they belong to God. And he tells them, I don't even know the world. I don't deal with the world. They are what they are. They will reap what they sow. But you I've known, and therefore it is you that I'm speaking to. And then he says this. He speaks of a broken fellowship in verse 3, right? He says, can two walk together except they be agreed? He begins to lay the premise of why this judgment has come. He begins to deal with them and begins to tell them, you have broken fellowship. I'm headed one way and you go another. I walk one way and you have separated. How can we come together except we be agreed? And then he says this, he turns to nature, but this is very spiritual if you look at verse 4. He says, will a lion roar in the forest when he has no prey? Will a young Mm -hmm. lion cry out of his den if he's taken nothing? Can a bird fall in a snare upon the earth when there is no trap for him? And can one take up a snare from the earth and have taken nothing at all? Now, let's just go through that really quick, because in verse 6 is where he says, shall the trumpet be blown in the city and the people not be afraid. He starts by talking about the lion in the forest. And what he's trying to say, and because we know in, in the lion is represented two, in two ways in Scripture. There's the, the roaring lion that Peter spoke, speaks about that walketh about seeking whom he may devour, right? That's the yes. devil. It's a type of the devil. But there's also the lion of the tribe of Judah, the real lion, right? So what right. Amos, by the Spirit of God, is saying here to his people is, is there the lion is roaring. In other words, he's, he's, he's almost rebuking them because the lion doesn't roar except he's taken prey. And so he begins to lay the case of why judgment begins to fall. He says, there has been a lion roaring and taking prey. In other words, that what's happening in your culture, the destruction of the young, the the eroding of the moral principles and foundations of your nation founded upon the word of God have been completely eroded. People all Mm. around you are being snared by the lion who's roaring. He doesn't roar just to roar. He roars because of the great victory and the strength of evil that he's been exuding, taking a prey. And he says, you're blind to it. You can't even see it. And, and, And then he says, and notice, whenever you read scripture and it talks about the forest, he's talking about the world. He's talking about the nations of the world, the lion in the forest. It represents the nations of the world. And he says, the devil has been roaring and, and taking prey all over the world. And my people 
who are called by my name are playing the harlot. As a result of this, they cannot understand that what's happening to them now is actually the Lord sending his correction upon them in the hopes that they will turn and repent. He says, well, the young lion cry out of his den if he has nothing. In other words, they have taken prey and you haven't seen it. And then he says this, can a bird fall in a snare upon the earth where there's no trap for him? It speaks of those who, who, who once were, you know, soaring in the things of the spirit, taken captive by the spirit of the age. And that these are these, this whole list that we're talking about here are all signs to God's people as, as to why the judgment has come. And then he says, shall one take up a snare from the earth and have taken nothing at all? In other words, what he's saying is nothing happens by coincidence. Everything happens for a reason. And he's trying to wake them up. He's trying to wake up the church in America, which has filled the world with its corruption. And he's saying this. He says, you need to understand that what is coming, what has begun, and what is yet to happen has not happened by accident. Just like a lion doesn't roar unless he's got prey. Just like the young lion won't, uh, won't cry out unless he has something to eat in his den. Just like a bird cannot stop flying unless it's been taken captive. And just like no one will open a trap unless there's something that's been caught, nothing happens by coincidence. And then he gets to the heart of the matter and he says, can the trumpet be blown in the city? and the people not be afraid. He's literally saying, this which has come and that which has been alarmed before you and what is happening all around you, uh, why is it that you do not react at a level that should cause you to be alarmed at the condition that you have seen all around you? He says, shall there be evil in a city and the Lord hath not done it? And this is the question Brother Jeremy asked us at the beginning. Is, is this of the Lord or is this not? That is what people are asking. And in the church in the United States, they are failing to recognize their signs. But remember what he says in verse 7, the Lord will do nothing except he reveals his secret unto his servants, the prophets. And so literally he, he takes them back to the prophets, their fathers, yes. as we should reflect on the great men of God that came before us in the 20th century which yes. were lambasted and ridiculed and cast aside, even like men like Brother Ravenhill, Leonard Ravenhill, uh, who wrote that great book, Why, Why Revival Tarries, right? Or like yes. the great Brother Wilkerson in 1973, who had that uh, that great vision from the Lord. He wrote a book called The Vision, um, and where he warned America. You know, these great men passed away almost in confusion because what they saw coming upon the nation because of its compromise and the seeds that were already beginning to take root. They knew the fruit that was about to be born would bring about the destruction of the nation if we didn't repent. God revealed those things to them, but they passed away. They passed away never seeing the fulfillment of what they saw ahead of them coming. And so many times they died with a broken heart. I know Brother Ravenhill did, not understanding. But you see, they prophesied for our time. And that's what Amos was talking about to his generation. He said, these things have been revealed well in advance uh, ahead to the servants of the Lord and the prophets, but you didn't turn, you didn't repent, and now judgment is falling upon you. 
And then he references the true lion in verse 8, right? He says, the lion has roared, who will not fear? He's talking about the Lord Jesus, really. And he goes on to say, he goes on to say, the Lord God has spoken so that we know that it's not the lion of the forest. It's the lion of the tribe of Judah. And he says, when he begins to roar, when he begins to speak, who can but prophesy? Now, that is what, that's what's happening to the true servants of God and the true people of God. They hear the voice of the Savior. They hear the voice of the Lord. And, and all we can do now is seek him in our prayer closet. And what he's saying in the prayer closet is this has come upon you because of the very sins of your nation. It is not an accident, brothers, that it began on the other side of the world, this plague. And when you look at how it has walked across the face of the earth, it has come lastly to this nation and to its people. And like we talked about before, we saw the death, the destruction, the plague going from border to border and nation to nation. It was as even then God was extending the hand of grace to the church in this nation. But where were the prophets where were the preachers? Where were the national evangelists standing up and saying, a plague is coming. We need to repent. We need to pray for our brothers and sisters across the world. And we need to ask God to stay the plague, lest it come upon our shores. Not one word was spoken. As a matter of fact, the opposite was said. There were false prophets from Bethel, Redding, California, and the like, standing up saying that this plague would be dissipating. That was back on March the 3rd. It is worse now than it's ever been. And brothers, we have not seen what is yet coming. And let me tell you something. God goes on to tell them that this message needs to be preached in the palaces in the land of Egypt. So he starts with his people, and then he turns his message to government officials. Hmm? And to those that are living in excess. And he says, come to the mountains of Samaria and look at the great tumult in the midst thereof and the oppressed in the midst thereof. And and, and in dealing not only with the government officials, but they represent the compromised false ministry, the prosperous preachers of our day. He says, they do not know how to do right. They store up violence and they put robbery in their palaces. In other words, they have, remember what Jesus said, you, uh, that that they reap down widows' houses, right? And for yeah, a pretense, huge, huge they make injustice. Yeah. huge injustice. And so he begins to address them, the establishment, the national establishment. And he begins to say, the fault has come to rest right here in your opulence, your decadence, and in the things that you have done. You don't even know how to do right anymore. And, and you store up violence and robbery in your houses. And he says, because of this, an adversary, verse 11, uh, there shall be even all over the land. Well, this coronavirus is an adversary, brother. It is the spirit yes, of death that has come, right? And he says, because of this, because of the way you have acted from top to bottom, this adversary has come all over your land, and I'm going to bring down your strength. And all your opulence, all your palaces are going to be spoiled. Just like uh, thus saith the Lord, as the shepherd takes out of the mouth of the lion two legs or a piece of an ear. In other words, it's already begun to be torn apart, right? And the shepherd will come and try to even rescue it, though there be just pieces of it left. He says Israel is going to be taken 
uh, out that dwell in Samaria in the corner of a bed and in Damascus in a couch. In other words, he's coming to bring down their ease. And 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 the and this is really profound in verse 12 here because he says he says that the that the lion uh, has in his mouth all that's left is two legs and an ear, right? It's as if he's wow. giving this this graphic depiction of the condition of the church of that day and subsequently what we're talking about, we believe the Lord is saying, this has come because of the condition of the church today. The lion has almost completely devoured what is the visible outward portrayal of the church of Jesus Christ in this country because of their sins. He points out that they dwell in Samaria, which was the capital city of the most idolatrous uh, uh, church that, that Israel had ever seen and in the corner of a bed in Damascus on a couch. He speaks of their ease. Remember what he started yeah, out in verse 2. In verse 2 and in verse 3 and 4, he was telling them there's a lion roaring in the streets. Birds are falling and being taken captive. All kinds of destruction is happening around you, yet you hang out in your beds. You hang out in your idolatrous condition. You're at ease, and you don't even know you're being systematically devoured by a lion, and all that's left is just a few pieces of you. So he says in verse 13, hear ye. He wouldn't say hear ye unless their ears were closed. Do you understand? They can't hear the word of the Lord. You cannot hear God's word if you're living a compromised life. But you see, the prophet is proclaiming hear ye. And, 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 And he's being told by God, you hear because they can't. And you go and you testify in the house of Jacob, says the Lord God of hosts. That in the day that I shall visit the transgression of Israel upon him, what does he say? I will also visit the altars of Bethel. Mm-hmm. Now, Brother, Brother Fernando, uh, you know what the altars of Bethel represent. Tell us what, what you think about that. Well, um, the book of Amos, and we've been talking about patterns and, and templates, Um is also a pattern and a template uh, of what is transpiring today. Um, you know, just in, in the beginning, Amos begins to, and I'll get to the altars, but you got to lay this groundwork, I think. Uh, he begins to ju- uh, judge the surrounding nations, right, uh, around uh, Israel and begins to uh, talk about their sins. And, and, and then he comes to Israel and basically tells them, you're worse off than all of them. Excellent right? point. Yes. And, mm-hmm. Right. And that's what that's what's happening with America. America was looking at this virus from afar. It was in Italy, the Middle East, as though it wasn't going to touch us. And all of a sudden, that virus is here. And the truth of the matter is, God is speaking to this nation because we have yeah. known the ways of God. We had you mentioned the great men of God that have spoken to this nation. And what the Lord is saying is, you're worse off than all these nations because you had more light. What happened to Israel? Because uh, the, the prophet is sent to the northern kingdom. Well, if, if you study history, Bible history, we know that they broke away, right? Yes. They broke away literally from orthodox teaching, from fundamental teaching. They, they broke away from uh, Judah, and, and they began to create their own temples and their own altars, but they had a little bit uh, uh, of, of truth in it. They had, they had mm. the, the look of what the, the, the temple in Jerusalem 
was like, but they also mixed it with paganism. Okay? So that speaks of the modern-day church today, the Bethels of the world, the uh, Hillsongs of the world. These are these altars that we're talking about. They're they're strange altars. They have... Uh, they have a form of godliness, but they also have a, a form of the world. Yes. Okay? So that's what we have seen transpire. Okay? They broke away from, from true orthodoxy, from true teaching, fundamental teaching of the word of God. And now they have a teaching that is mixed in with the world that offers to the people, hey, come as you are. You know, you can still sin because God's grace abounds. Right, and he's going to cover whatever you do, and 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 this is the very reason because of this kind of teaching, because of of uh, of this kind of presentation of altars, right? Uh, where you, where they say come here and offer in this altar, you could offer whatever you want, right? This is the whatever flavor you God, want, whatever flavor you want. This is why God's judgment yes. has come to this nation, and this is again. This is we, we lay the feet the blame at the feet of this kind of preaching at, at, at the at the feet of these false prophets who have led this nation astray. And let me say one last thing, okay? Is is God allowing these judgments to take place? Yes, He is. Absolutely. The the church yeah. in the West has rallied around uh, 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 the, the, our president and this and, and the right uh, the right wing the conservative party. And as though he's some kind of savior, right? And the Lord warned his own disciples about the leaven of Herod, which is uh, 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 the leaven of, of a political power or rallying behind political power uh, for some kind of salvation or protection. You get what I'm saying? Yes. And and uh, and they're and they're and they're 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 rallying behind our president to push back the the powers of of homosexuality, rallying and around our president, praying to push back the the the, the virus to to send it back to the shores and and off off you know uh, away from our country. But the truth of the matter is this: the Bible says we cannot pray away this homosexual agenda. We cannot pray away this virus. The Bible says it is God who has given them over. Over. Yes. To this delusion okay in Romans 1 it says he's given them over to this kind of lifestyle so so the the homosexual lifestyle that we see that is that is taking over our country the agenda right it is a yes. judgment of God he is giving them over to this kind of lifestyle yeah right? so we can't pray that away it, it is it is a, a decision that we have made as a nation. We have chosen these uh, these uh, altars, right? The altars of, of of Bethel of today, yes. right? So that's why we're facing what we're facing. That's excellent. The, Go ahead, brother Jeremy. Yeah, you know, for the church today, uh, and I'm, we would say for most of the church today in America, because of the gospel that is being preached, it is inconceivable that God would be allowing these things to happen. You know, we, we're not just, rally, we, as Brother Fernando said, we rally around our president, but also we're rallying around the false prophets. I saw a video yesterday 
of the so-called 20, uh, 20 prophets that are respected. And what I heard, I was appalled. They were either promoting their ministry. They were either promoting Trump. They were either, you know, speaking about prosperity. Not one called the people to repentance. Not one said God is bringing judgment to America. See, over the years, and, and we said that in our last podcast, you said it too, Brother Marty, that we have been desensitized as a church. We have been desensitized, and the gospel that we preach of prosperity, of comfort, of, of, of God's grace, and so forth, will not allow us to see things as they are. You know, and I just wanted to bring that out. Who are we? Who, who, what, is, what are the voices? You that are listening, who are you listening to? Who are, are you reading the word? Because when I read the word and when I hear what these so-called prophets or preachers are saying, it does not align. So that's good. And and you, what you were talking about about the comfort, the ease, the message. Uh, you you spoke about it yesterday in Isaiah chapter thirty, where Isaiah. Uh, records what the what the attitude of the of the backslidden church was in his time just before the destruction of Jerusalem. He said that they had heaped to themselves prophets, uh, telling them, you know, uh, speak to us smooth things and light things. We don't want to hear yeah. the word of God. He, they said, cause the holy one of Israel to cease from before our eyes. In other words, yeah. they began to dictate to the true prophets to change what their message. Yes. Yeah. Now, now. You know, the Bible also says, oh, sorry. No, go ahead, Jeremiah. Um, The Bible also says um, in Isaiah 66, verse 4, he says, I also will choose their delusions and will bring their fears upon them. Because when I called, none did answer. And when I spake, Mm. they did not hear, but they did evil before mine eyes and chose that in which I delighted not. And, you know, going with what Pastor Fernando said and what you've been saying as well, it's, it's so true because the the um, the blood is on the hands of the preachers, you know, because they've led people astray because they chose their delusions, which is almost like an imagination or like a lie that they've been yeah. feeding people. And it's like God saying that very mm-hmm. lie, I will bring their fears upon them because when I called to you, you didn't answer to me. And instead of following my commands, you went the complete opposite and now have involved pagan rituals in the church now and things like that. So, you know, it goes along with what you're saying. And, and it's very key that that the false church has really led so many people astray because Jesus even says it in Matthew 24. He says, take heed, which means to listen, because a lot of people aren't listening to what God is saying. And he says, and be not deceived. Let no man deceive you, telling us that there's going to be a lot of deception, even in our time right now. That's really good. Amen. And you made me think of that, what what Amos had said, you know, just before chapter 3. In verse uh, 11 of chapter 2, he's, 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 he's lamenting the nation and, 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 and pointing the finger at them. And he says, look, in the beginning, I raised up of your sons for prophets and, mm-hmm. and of your young men for Nazarites. And then he says, isn't this true, O children of Israel? says the Lord, and he wow. says, but what did you do with them? He says, you gave the Nazarites wine to drink, and you commanded the prophet saying, do not prophesy. In other words, what God was saying was, I gave a gift to the nation, 
I sent prophets to you, men of God, even from your young. And he says, but what you did was you took them and you corrupted them. The Nazarite was to live a holy, sinless, uh, set-apart life specifically in order to help guide the people of the Lord. It was a solemn uh, and, and sacred separation of, of a true man of God. But instead, he says, you became so corrupt that you took the innocence of the young and the anointed and you drew them and caused them to become drunk. You turned them just like you had become into a completely backslidden and idolatrous nation. So he goes on as we were looking here. He says, I'm going to visit the altars of Bethel. Trust me, people of God that are listening right now, and brethren, that is what we see as you guys were just yeah, talking about. Exactly so wonderfully, well, yep. the altars of Bethel are being visited. Bethel is the place of compromise, idolatry, the watered down gospel, whatever label you want to give, give to it. It's anything but the true gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's what we talked about yesterday in, in part, which we'll return, Lord willing, to on Monday. But that's what we were talking about yesterday when God said that there was going to be an interim time before the destroyer would be released. He gave specific instructions to the men of his house to go out and to select a lamb, a lamb without blemish. That lamb represents the Lord Jesus Christ, and without blemish means a gospel that is pure and true. And so these altars of Bethel is the altar of idolatry, adultery, drunkenness, prosperity preaching, all kinds of hyper-charismatic false displays. Uh, you know, they, they walked around prophesying when the Lord did not send them. But then he goes on in verse 14 that says, I'm going to visit the altars of Bethel. And then he says, and the horns of the altar shall be cut off and fall to the ground. Now, those of you who know your Bible know that the actual altar in the temple of God had, had four horns on them. And that the right. and that the horn the horns were were also it was also a place where you could go to for safety and protection. And literally what he's saying also is where they would bring the sacrifice and tie the sacrifice to the altar. What he's literally saying is that your altars are so corrupt that there will no longer be any place of pseudo safety for you. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna cut those horns off so that you can no longer bring these kinds of sacrifices, and they're going to be falling to the ground. And at the end of verse 15, he says, the great houses, I believe God is about to, and is begun to deal with the great houses in this country. What do you mean, Brother Marty? I'm talking to you about <laughs> establishment religion. I'm talking to you about this mess that has evolved since the uh, late 70s into the 80s and 90s, and now what we have now. These mega ministries, these mega churches, these false places, they're being dealt with right now. When we come out the other end, America is going to see an economic devastation like it has never seen before. And when we come out the, the, the flushing end of this darkness that we're experiencing right now, it is going to so radically change the life of everyone that has been living in it before. And the great houses, those ones that pretend to be the, the prophets of God, and, and, and all the altars at Bethel and all these ministries that, that milk millions and millions of dollars from the people and, and the poor and the widow, those houses are coming down. I just read an article the other day where, where that, that guy, Jim Baker, the one they threw in jail for stealing all the money from the people before. You know, I had hope for him that when he came out of jail, he might actually, you know, have a word from God. You know, I repent. You know, this right. is the way it should be. He started out right. But now his ministry has grown again, and he was on TV 
selling uh, selling a supposed cure for the coronavirus. He's now yeah. under indictment. He's under indictment from the state of Missouri and the state of New York for uh, for think of what we just said there. Here's a preacher with a great house selling a false narrative wow. and, and, and false hope in the midst of judgment. He's trying to make money Incredible. off, off yeah. the plague, right? Uh, he'll, he'll, he's going to end up in jail if he doesn't repent. And then you look at the other big ministries across the country. Just do a little channel surf through all the major Christian networks right now, and you will hear absolutely nothing. And several of the major ministries, in the midst of this death that's gripping the world, all they can think about is their offerings. But God is bringing down the great houses. This is why we have seen all the churches shut. God is trying to get the attention of the people and say, you need to reflect, man. You need to understand. I am so sick and tired of hearing your false gospel, your crazy songs, your blackened uh, churches that have no light in them, you know, your smoke bombs and your laser beams, your, 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 your skin-tight, jean-wearing pastor with his black shirt, spiked hair, and a tattoo that says Jesus. I'm tired of these knuckleheads. I'm tired of their <laughs> adulterous... <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired of their seriously. I mean, that's what they look like. Right? Oh man, yeah, no, it's true. It's, it's funny, but pastor, it's, it's it's true. <laughs> my my pastor's cool. He wears Air Jordans and torn jeans. He's a man I got. No, he's not. He's an effeminate, bordering on effeminate man. He needs to repent. Yeah. He needs to fall on his face. He needs to pull that earring out of his ear. He needs to comb his hair like a man and put on some decent clothes. And then he needs to ask mm -hmm. God to clean him and, right. and to wash him and to deliver him. And then maybe we'll let him sweep up the church house. My God. But listen, these Amen. people have gone absolutely insane, and God is going to hit them right where it, where it counts. Now listen to me. It says he's going to bring down the great houses. They will have their end. Enough is enough is what God was saying to the prophet Amos. Now, let's 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 close over here with this for today and take a look at at over in chapter nine. Let's go over to chapter nine. Actually, go over to chapter eight, because there's something okay. that preceded, something that preceded the judgment that would come upon the nation because of its sin. America, what is happening to us right now is a direct result, not of the world or any other reason, but because of the sin of its churches and the people within its churches and its false preachers. Listen to the condition. Are you there? Yes. In yes. Uh, ch chapter 8, verse 11, Amos yes. is speaking, and he says, Behold, the days will come, verse 11, says the Lord, yes. I will send a famine in the land, yes. not a famine of bread, nor thirst for water, but of the hearing of the words of the Lord. How many people have we heard over the last couple of years telling us, and you guys are more familiar with this than me because you have a great church over there of people, but who they tell you, man, we try to go to church, man, but there ain't nothing there. There's no word. There's there's no worship. It's it's like a giant club. I mean, I can walk in. I get my little cup of coffee. I can have my latte before the service. If, I, if I'm feeling a little hungry, the assistant pastor is handing out donuts. I walk into the sanctuary. It's it's lit just right for 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 uh for the ambiance, the uh, the the band Probably. strikes up, yeah the band strikes up a song after they lower the house lights, uh so loud that it causes me to bleed and and the hearing aids of the elderly in the back to to blow up in their ears, and then comes the smoke 
off the stage for effect, and here comes the great the great man of God who stands behind the pulpit, turns to a big screen that's lowered from the top of the ceiling and begins to show his favorite clip of, of a movie that he was watching on Saturday night instead of studying the word and crying out to God. Then he speaks for about oh, 10 my. minutes about just how awesome you are and how wonderful you are and how great you are. And he sends them out the door, but not before he gets at least 10, maybe 20% of their income. And they come back and they do it week after week after week. And Amos said, this was a sign that judgment was just ahead because the famine in the land was of the hearing of the word of the Lord. And so, <laughs> and so he says this. He says in verse 5 of chapter 9, well, first he says this. Look at chapter 9, verse 1. He says, I saw the Lord. This is what Amos says. This is what I see, he says. He's standing upon the altar. God. And he says, smite the lintel of the door that the post may shake. What is he saying? This is symbolic. He says, what I actually see is that the Lord comes and stands upon the true altar and what he's saying is there is now no room for your repentance. I'm going to stand there and block your way to this place of repentance because when I extended my hand, when I called out to you for generations, for decades, instead of turning, you became worse and worse and worse. And notice the terms, brother, because we've been talking about the Exodus. He says, smite the lintel of the door. For those of you who know the mm -hmm. word of God, you know that that's where the blood was applied when the death angel was passing through the city, right? That's where the blood was applied, on the lintel and the doorpost. But here, Amos the prophet sees uh, the Lord standing on the altar, commanding that the lintel be smitten. In other words, strike it and hit it. There is no blood there. What he's saying is, your society has reached the point of judgment, and there is no more turning from uh, away from your sins. You will now be judged because you refuse to turn when you had a chance. And he says, lest you think that it's not me in verse five, and this is for America, listen to this. Chapter nine, verse five, Amos, and the Lord God of hosts, it is he. Brother Jeremy, you were asking that question. Is it the Lord? Amos says, the Lord God of hosts, it is he that touches the land. And yes. it shall Amen. it shall melt, right? What does that represent, brother? That's the heat, the fire of the Holy Spirit moving through the land. It's going to melt because nothing can stand up the heat, uh, uh, under, up under the heat and the scrutiny of the Holy Spirit. When God raises to inspect our lives, to inspect our consecration, to inspect our walk before him, he says, when, when I touch the land, it's going to melt. Nothing can hide from that refining fire. And mm. all that dwell therein shall what? Mourn. Mourn. That's what we see happening, right? How do we know it's the Lord? People... I'm, I'm telling you right now. It's the word of the Lord. Yes, and I'm not telling. I'm telling you right now that I'm not telling you. Thus saith the Lord. But what I am telling you, what I feel and sense in my spirit, is the next several days in the United States of America, you are going to see something that you you never thought you would see—a mourning, and a crying, and a devastation of desperation for the amount of death that's coming to this land. It's only just begun. And woe to those preachers who continue to deny that it is the Lord's hand of judgment because of your failures and your unwillingness 
to lay down your pride and admit that we need to weep between the porch and the altar. It shall melt, and all that dwell in there shall mourn, and it shall rise up holy like a flood and shall be drowned as by the flood of Egypt. In other words, he said the entire land is going to go come under this thing. Don't just think right now as we record this that it's going to be New York, Washington, and, and, and California alone. This is a flood that's going to hit every house, every city, every town in this, in this nation. The people of God, those who love him, they need to begin to understand that the purpose of all this is verse 8. Behold, the eyes of the Lord are upon the sinful kingdom, and I will destroy it from off the face of the earth, saying, I will not utterly destroy the house of Jacob, says the Lord. In other words, I'm making a distinction between the real and the true. Here's the hope. God's people that are shut away with him, that are truly examining themselves and asking God to help them, to deliver them, to cleanse them of their sin, we have the promise here. He will not destroy the house of Jacob. We are the strangers joined to the house of Jacob. And so he says, he says, listen, I'm going to command and I will sift the house of Israel, not the world, brothers, the house of Israel. The church in America is being sifted and along the West and all along the West is being sifted where, where they are amongst all the nations. And he says, like corn is sifted in a sieve. Listen to this. Here's the promise we were talking about. Yet shall not the least grain fall upon the earth. In other words, when the corn is sifted, he separates the, the chaff from the seed, right, or from the grain. That's what he's saying. This is a sifting. This is a judgment. This is a separation. This is a dealing with sin. But coming out the other side of it, he says, my people, represented by the grain, they're not going to fall to the earth. God promised Amen. that you do not be a, need to be afraid for the arrow that flies by day nor for the pestilence that walks in the darkness. It is the blood of the Lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ, that is applied to our houses, our homes, our families, our children, our loved ones. He will, he will not allow us to fall to the earth. But he says this, all the sinners of who? The world? My people. Yeah. All the sinners of my people shall die by the sword. That is, the, It's the word that's executing judgment. And what do they say? The evil won't happen to us. It won't take us. That's why judgment has Incredible. come, that, that very attitude. But he says this, and this is for the children of God out there, and I'll close with this. He says, but it is in that day. I'm going to raise up the tabernacle of David that has fallen. In other words, a restoration of true worship, because Jesus is coming for a spotless bride now. When this sifting is done, a remnant is going to come out of it. It is going to be the true church. We're going to emerge from our houses, and a time of tribulation will begin. But we will be, as, if, as it were, the tabernacle of David, that place of worship that has fallen. The church that once was no longer is but shall be again and i'm going to close up the breaches in other words they the doors that were opened by the false and the compromise they will no longer have access to the true church that's being raised up through this fire god is going to cl close up the breaches thereof and he says and i will raise up its ruins 
ask ye for the old paths. Return to the old solid foundations of the word of Almighty God. Get into the prophetic scriptures and understand these are the days that the Lord is coming out of his place to judge the world and to come rescue his bride. I will raise up his ruins and I will build it like it was in the days of old. Well, in our case, the days of old were like the days of Pentecost, right? There came a sound from heaven right. like a mighty mercy wind. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah, right? Hallelujah. And what? It filled all the house where they were at. A great revival is coming, not as they think, but those that emerge from this, they shall be as that tabernacle of David. It shall be raised up. The breach is closed up. Fasten your seatbelts, brother. We're headed into some turbulent times, but God's church shall be rescued yeah. by the soon coming King, the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Y'all want to close? <laughs> yeah. no, Fernando, any closing words? No, it's, I think you pretty much said everything that needs to be said today, this Sunday morning. I'm reminded of Jesus in Matthew 24 when he uh, left the temple and his disciples are telling him, look, Lord, look at the beauty and splendor of this great building. And it's almost like he looked at them and said, boys, things are not going to be the same. You know, it's yeah. not going to be the same. This house is going to fall, right? Yeah. Not one stone yeah. shall be left upon another that shall not be cast down or hewn down. And God was about to do something completely different. And we go into the book of Acts in, in chapter 15, and the apostle Paul quotes this same verse out of Amos that the Lord will rebuild the fallen temple of David, the tabernacle, excuse me, of David. And that's what the Lord is doing. We are in the midst of a transition, if you have eyes to see. God is doing away with that, that compromised old way of worship, that, that, that northern kingdom kind of worship, that Bethel kind of worship, those altars God is about to judge. Amen. And he is coming Amen. for a, a church that has the, the spirit of David, right, of true Hallelujah. worship, of true genuine worship. Thank you. What Lord. church do you belong to? What church Lord. do you belong to? Amen. So powerful, powerful. Amen. Uh, Brother Jeremiah, any closing words before we uh, close this podcast? Well, uh, it's amazing to hear what the Lord is saying this hour. Um, you know, as we know that judgment is coming and judgment is already here. Um, yeah. I want to just leave encouragement to everybody that's listening. The only hope we have is not in this world, but it's in that soon and very soon our Lord and Jesus our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is coming back real soon. And the Bible says this, Paul tells Timothy in 2 Timothy 4, verse 8, he says, Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Brothers and sisters, the only hope we have is that Jesus is coming real soon. And if we stay the course, and we continue to stay in the word and continue to have ears to hear and eyes to see to what the spirit of God is saying. There's a crown of righteousness awaiting for us that is going to be rewarded to us by the righteous judge, Jesus Christ. God bless you guys. Amen. Amen. And in closing, two very quick things. I'm, I'm sitting here outside in my patio. I'm looking to the floor and I see red ants carrying 
food that they're finding to store. And what that is teaching us that now is preparation time yes, sir. for us to prepare for the storm that it is about to hit. Number two, I want to leave you, all our listeners that are that are listening, this is more than just you being aware of what is taking place, but also God is calling you and I to be purified. We know the word purifies us. We know the blood of Jesus purifies us, but also this blessed hope, there is purification in it. And that's what John, First John tells us in First uh, John chapter 2, and every man that hath this hope in him purifies himself even as he is pure. Praise God. So as we proclaim the coming of the Lord, more and more this hope purifies us and allows us to understand that this is not our home. We are just pilgrims passing by. And we understand that Jesus Christ is coming again very soon. We pray that you have been blessed with this uh, podcast. And uh, be praying for one another as well. Lord willing, we'll be coming back and and speaking on these things. And we invite you to, to share it. Share it with others that you sense that need to hear this. Invite others, invite others to join us uh, to hear these podcasts, we believe that um, it'll be a blessing to somebody. Let us pray. Father, we just want to thank you, Lord, for your word this Sunday of March 22nd. We thank you, Lord, for the warning, for the revelation of your word, God, teaching us and showing us that this is the finger of God, that it is, it is you, Lord, that is bringing or allowing these things to happen to shake our nation, to shake the world, God. Father, I just pray that in these next coming days that your presence will be upon us. Lord, as we apply the blood of Jesus upon our homes, God, that you will protect us, Lord, as your word promises us. Father, but we also will cry out for many others right now that find themselves literally in the valley of decision, parts yeah. that you are dealing with, God, concerning the way of living, concerning the things that, 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 that they are listening to, Lord. Father, we want to belong to the true church of God, the church of the living God, the redeemed church, the church that is waiting for the coming of Jesus Christ, Lord. I pray, Lord, for our president. I pray, Lord God, for the people and government, I pray, Lord, for that you would arise and awaken your servants, Lord, to speak boldly, to repent, Lord, and to speak what thus saith the Lord God. Father, this moment, I pray for all those that are listening, that are tuning in in this podcast, that you are dealing with their hearts, God, that you would draw them near and closer to you, Lord, in this hour, Lord. Father, we thank you for the technology that allows us to be able yes. to podcast and speak about these things, even from our homes, God. Even from our homes, we can spread the gospel of Jesus Christ in this hour. We ask your blessings upon all our families, upon all those that don't know you, God. We pray that you would move by the power of your Holy Spirit, God. Thank you for this time. Thank you for allowing us and giving us the privilege to be able to bring your work forth. And we thank you 
and we bless you and we worship you on this Sunday, Lord, for all your goodness, for all your mercies, God. And we ask you this in the name of Jesus Christ.